0: it could have been great is a pop culture podcast where some pals talk about stuff we wish we liked more we even love the things we criticize on the show some of them we also think it's totally cool if you love the thing more power to you we just think that it could have been great
1: Welcome to It Could Have Been Great, a roundtable discussion where we attempt to fix mostly mediocre media. Spoilers ahead. I'm your host, Diana Paparosi, and today as always, I'm joined by
2: my good friends. I'm Katie Knox, filthy casual and former film major. I live and work in Japan and occasionally need to be reminded that I do, in fact, enjoy things.
0: I'm Kelly Evans, a real-life tiny bee who plays video games online. It's true. So... Is it? It is. <laughs> I get that joke so often in comp.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's very true. They ask um, how also, I hit
0: the keys in my tiny little B arms. Uh huh. I mean, <laughs> it is, it's very
1: impressive. Yeah. Um Also, did you guys know we got another patron? <gasps> what? Was, Thank yeah,
0: you. I,
2: I, just, I just was checking. I'm really it. bad at monitoring the thing that's supposed to be my job. Yeah, now we have three. So. Oh
0: my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud I of I love them. every single one of you.
1: They're all my best friends. Personally, So, um, thank you to our patrons for voting for this episode. Katie, what are we uh, going to talk about
2: this week? We're going to talk about, uh, Madoka Magica. Oh, uh, um, yeah. I don't remember how to pronounce the full title and I can't be bothered.
0: I think it's Puella Magi Madoka Magica. It's been a while. Maybe?
2: Thank you, Kelly. <laughs>
1: it's definitely a show. So Madoka, I'm just going to call it Madoka for, um, my own sanity. Uh, Madoka is a so-called deconstruction of the magical girl genre. I will get into why I say so-called. Where in Madoka Kaname, the title character uh, tries to decide whether or not to become a magical girl, actually. There's very little of the series where she is a magical girl. And this is accomplished by entering into a contract with a magical girl familiar named Kyubei, who's like a little cat bunny thing. And spoilers for this five-year-old show, it turns out that the Kyubei thing is evil. And is actually trying Is it to...
0: though? Is it though? Yeah, it's definitely I didn't want to evil. interrupt, but I was going to debate that.
1: We could talk about the finer points, but basically Kyube is at the very best true neutral and is harvesting little girls suffering to combat entropy or something. It starts out first three or four episodes as a pretty standard magical girl show. You got some girls, they're magical, they're friends. And then in the third episode, I want to say- Um, their magical girl senpai gets her head bit off, and then it's all pretty sad from there. So it's one of those dark, greedy shows, which is... there's not an inherent problem with that, but that is the general idea. Most people, I think, are pretty familiar with it at this point, so I'm not going to get super in-depth on the synopsis here. I'm sure we will drop plenty of context in the episode proper. Uh, Was there anything
0: massive there that I missed, you guys? From what I can remember, that's basically the gist of it. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. there's finer details.
2: So um, the one thing I did want to bring up really fast is um, this series is had ha- kind of a-, a couple of interesting little production facts that are relevant to our thesis, yes. as it were. So spearheading the, uh, I believe he's also the director, but definitely the s- screenwriting, is um, Gen Urobuchi, I believe, is his name, Yeah. who is somewhat notorious in Japan for his grim, dark tendencies, and and he, grim, dark sounds smiley, shiny, and happy compared to this gentleman's usual uh, stylings, mm. and something that I found kind of interesting while researching Madoka is. They tried to keep his involvement with the series a secret. Yes. Because he has such a reputation. And for the first three or four episodes before Mommy dies, they left him out of the production credits of the show. And if it hadn't been for a more thorough production uh, crew list on the internet at one point... He would have been kept a secret until after Mommy died, at which point it would have been revealed in the credits that yes, the Udo Butcher, as he's called apparently on 4chan, <laughs> is responsible for this show. Um, ya boy has some bad ideas about how to treat a lady.
1: Yeah. In a narrative. <laughs>
2: So basically the reason
1: that we bring up this context is because there's going to be a lot of talk of author's intent versus what actually was put out in this episode specifically a little bit more. It's a little bit more heavy on death of the author than usual and whether or not you can do that in this case. And I, a very succinct summary of what death of the author is, is can you divorce this work from the author's intent and still find something good in it? So we're going to probably be going into that in a little bit here. Um, But speaking of the intent, what they set out to accomplish was dark, gritty, magical girl torture porn. Not literal, like, pornographic sexual content, but it is torture porn. It is dark, gritty, magical girls. They beat each other up. They die. They are- it's bloody and it's- yeah. And that is what they accomplished. To their credit, they set out with a thesis,
0: with a vision, and they did follow through. I mean, let's think of it this way. One of the magical girls has a literal gun. Not magic yeah, but... gun. <laughs> it not this, like it's,
1: it's just they, like a regular gun.
2: There's some stuff, and this is this is for this is for the the stuff that we keep. I thought that was hilarious the first
0: time. <laughs> Same, I honestly. I forgot like, about oh, it when I watched God. the movie, and I started bursting out laughing when she ripped right? her gun out. Just
1: oh yeah, I turn into a magical girl, and then I just rip out my uh, my 95 and just shoot someone just in the yeah, that's it. Um, so I it's have magic a now and
0: also a
2: pistol. Yeah. That's the worst thing about this show, is there really is a lot of good here.
1: There is a lot of good here, and if it hadn't been particularly Gen Udobuchi's brainchild, I think this script probably would have worked better. It's Not as a dig at his talent, but as a dig at his ethos, like his whole storytelling style. And what we wanted is, again, we're... Totally into dark, gritty, deconstruction-type narratives. Um, Kelly's one of her favorite, or I think her favorite anime and show of all time is Revolutionary Girl Utena. Mine is Princess Tutu, which is very much a deconstruction of the magical girl genre and gets pretty damn dark. And also, I grew up on Sailor Moon, where everybody, there's a total party kill every season.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Let me say, I remember enjoying the series when I first watched it. Like you said, yeah, my favorite, f- very favorite series of anything is Revolutionary Girl Utena. I adore mm-hmm. the movie Paprika. Like, this should be right up my alley. Oh, yeah,
2: this uh, especially Rebellion, I was uh, getting really Paprika vibes. For oh,
0: yeah. I-, I really enjoyed the most of the movie.
2: And
1: for reference, we are going to be looking at Madoka, the series, and Rebe- all the way through Rebellion. We are going to take the entire work since it's been several years at this point. I just wanted to clarify that real quick.
2: I also had a a kind of a unique way of going into Madoka because I remember Diana watching it and going, oh, this is so cool. Mm. Oh, man, this is really cool. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch it. But I I didn't have time. There are all sorts of life things happening, and it's like not in a good place to watch the dark grittiness. And then Diana got around to Rebellion, and I still hadn't made time for the series, and she was very angry.
1: Basically... (laughs) Uh, I went from, oh, I like this, even though I understand at this point, at the point Rebellion came out, I understood that Madoka was flawed. At first, I had a totally almost uncritical viewing of it. And then over time, I was like, okay, well, I can see the problems. And then I got to the last 15 minutes of rebellion. It's the last 15 minutes. And I was furious for like a literal actual week in real life. Like every time yes, someone saw me, I was like, hey, guys, I want to talk about how much I hate rebellion story again.
0: And that's where I am right now. I finished yeah. it not like 10, 15 minutes ago. I'm yeah, in I wanted this to give space. you the fresh
1: take, the fresh content. The fresh rage. So Katie and Kelly have both watched Rebellion in the last 24 hours. Kelly in the last 20 minutes. We've locked and loaded this anime into the chamber and we're about to dish out some hot takes on this five-year-old series. So let's uh, Like Homura with her
0: gun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, Ten minutes in, I say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whoops. Okay, so I want to talk about the reasons we l- like this and why it really could have been great, because there's a lot here. There's a lot of good in Madoka, I think, at this point, in spite of what the creators were trying to do. There's a lot that is salvageable. There's a lot that I like about it. So let's uh, maybe just kind of go person by person and just say some things we like about Madoka. Um, and Kelly, I'll start with you, because you're at the top of my voice chat list.
0: I, I was kind of hoping you would, because I have something I very enthusiastically love throughout the entire series and everything I've seen, the mm. art. Mm. I cannot get over how visually invested I am in every scene. The way they switch up styles, the things they want, they want to represent. I just, I visually love this series. Regardless yeah, it was, of its flaws, I adore it. For It the is a goddamn way.
1: masterpiece of visual design. Animation flubs in the original anime aside. The design aspects of it overall are very, very good. Sometimes the animation quality does suffer, but overall the... What they were going for and the execution on specifically the witch sequences is, yes,
2: pretty much beyond reproach.
0: For within its limits and for what it was trying to portray, I just think it's fantastic. Hands down, baby. And then by the time we
2: got to the movies, they had so much money. So So much much money. money.
0: (laughs) I think that's why I enjoyed the movie even more. It just had that, that visual strength. It was crisp.
2: Yeah. Katie, what's your first thing? Diana might become mad at me. That is my disclaimer. I love Kyubei. I love Kyubei. Oh my god, what a fun villain. Um, I, I argue that Kyubei isn't evil. That's fair. Kyubei isn't evil by Kyubei's standards.
1: Oh, no, for sure that. And I feel like my my dislike of Kyubei in particular is specifically because I view him as the author avatar. He is the Gan Urobochi in my head, so I think I have, I have trouble
2: divorcing them. So, That's fair. Yeah. The thing that I like so much about Cube, though, is, I say he, he they, they are this being of unfathomable intelligence who just cannot understand the concept of love and human emotion. Mm. And I think they're the most compelling and effective version of that trope that I've ever seen. Mm. And I love villains- who don't understand why they're in the wrong. And from from an audience standpoint, Kyubey is absolutely one of the most powerful villains in the series.
0: It's an interesting dynamic to take in a series that's about emotion and heart and magical girls, and the contrast is so striking that I just think they really were successful with what they were trying to do with him. Well, I yeah, don't I always literally. agree about his level of wow, I've been doing this for so long and yet I still can't comprehend. Like I can see That's some <laughs> issues there, but I still <laughs> think they did a very successful job at creating a believable race, I guess of creatures, the incubators. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Qubei is a masterfully executed villain specifically within the original what is it, 11-12 episode run of the well. anime. I 12. Yeah. I would say in Rebellion towards the end, they start to get a little dice. We're in dicier waters, but everything about the end of Rebellion is bad. So we'll get there
2: later. <laughs> yeah, the, the, All of the incubators in Rebellion, I was like, somebody took their idiot pill this morning. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they kind of shoot their own world building in the face with a gun. Uh,
2: <laughs> so Homura's gun, specifically.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's my turn now. And I want to say yes. that I love almost every character in this show. Yes! Like, every character in this show is masterfully written, which is why I get so salty about the problems with it, because it's so... It's it's very, very good as far as character development, writing realistic-feeling teenaged girls. It's just... All of the characters have these great little arcs until Rebellion and are beautiful characters until Rebellion. And yeah, I'm here for all of their character arcs and Madoka is like unironically one of my favorite protagonists in an anime, even as Madoka has become something that I really don't like. So yeah, I wish I could like it at this point, but I can't. It's too much. But yeah, so I really love all of the characters and I think... It has some of the most compelling anti-heroes like in Kyoko Sakura and Kyubei even, to an extent. Uh, yeah. And Homuda of any show I've seen. Homura's arc in particular is executed so flawlessly that, like, that's why the end of Rebellion hits me so hard.
0: But mm. when you mention that they're very realistic portrayals of young female characters... Mm, and like, that's a problem. Yes, and <laughs> let me say, like, I hate to keep bringing up Utena, But you can forget she's 14 when you watch the series. Yes. Mashoka, you do not forget that she is a young girl.
1: Because they are drawn and written very realistically. Other than Mommy, they all look like 14-year-olds. And I think Mommy's
2: supposed to be a little older. But she is. She's their senpai. She's the next year up.
1: Yeah. um, But there's a whole, and we'll get into the reason this is bad later, but there is a reason that them being such realistic teen girls is a problem. It has to do with Japanese culture. And we'll get there. So, yeah. Uh, Kelly, do you have any other things you would like to talk about with liking things? Because I've got more. I just want to, you know, keep going around.
0: I mean, honestly, the things that you said are things I agree with as well. It became very easy to attach to the characters and care about them when I was watching it. I really adored Q.B. as a character. I mean, I echo your sentiments as well. Mm. I think we're covering it pretty well because a lot of the things I like about it are also tied intrinsically into the things I don't like.
1: Yeah. Mm. So it's going to be kind of an overview of things we like, and then we're going to dive into the problems, I think is how this is going to shake out here. Uh, Katie, did you have anything else you wanted to add to things we like before we start, you know, talking about Miss Potential?
2: Yeah. So, as a connoisseur of magical girl (laughs) anime, (laughs) uh, the thing that the series gets praised for, and it does well to to its defense, the thing that the series gets praised for, the, like, Oh man, it's like the first dark magical girl anime and the the rest of us are over here like have you ever watched a magical girl anime though? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing that I do like is and and this is this is a pro and a con of the series is that it takes an extra step into I suppose despair.
1: Yeah, it kind of goes further than just grim and goes into um, it's kind of similar to
2: Evangelion's art. It is. It's. It really does... The, the the term, I believe, on TV Tropes is the event despair horizon. Yeah. And we just play hopscotch over that thing. We just <laughs> jump right past... Yeah. Everything is bad. Nothing can be fixed. It's incredibly and then, bleak. Yes. then the series... In my head, and my dream, says, no, we can save the world. Everything will ultimately be okay. And that is and- how the 12-episode anime ends. <laughs> yes, and then Urobochi's like, hey, fuck you.
1: Yeah, they're just like, hey, Diana, Katie, Kelly, we hate you specifically. And we're gonna just go ahead and ruin this genre that... That we're not into.
0: Yeah, because when you were talking, I had a thought that it's like they want to revolutionize a genre that they're not into or educated about. Yeah. Because the things that they're treating as like a revolutionary, new, crazy idea no one's done are actually kind of tropey and typical. Yeah. A lot of series have done that before.
1: Yeah, like as I mentioned earlier, Sailor Moon has a total party kill once per season. Like there's a lot of very grim stuff in even what we think of as the lightest magical girl shows, like Sailor Moon. Yeah.
2: Uh, like The other thing is, I was thinking, the ultimate mood whiplash is to watch this series after having just finished re-watching my favorite show, Cardcaptor Sakura. Mm. I watched it from episode one all the way through the new stuff that came out this year. And the thesis of Cardcaptor Sakura is, everything will definitely be alright. And that is something that everybody says even in the darkest hours, no matter what. And it always helps.
1: Yeah, and I feel and, like that is the whole driving force behind the magical girl genre. Is and no that's matter, why it's so
2: comforting for women and young yeah, girls. Yeah, and think.
1: that's why, and basically what Madoka does, it takes that specific message and kind of just spits in the face of anybody who finds that message meaningful in a lot of yes. ways. It's I magical agree. girl shows are like, hey, there is always hope even as in your bleakest hour, and then they're like, eh, that's stupid, and that's something that only dumb people think, and fuck you, and I'm going to decapitate another teenager on screen.
2: <laughs> you know, magical <laughs> eh, 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 girl eh. series are dumb, here's 96 reasons why. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> God. Uh, I think that's a good segue going into things that were, like, you know, kind of not so good.
0: Because my problem isn't with problematic or disturbing themes, it's with the respect and way you deliver them and carry exactly. them and portray them.
1: Yeah, it's disrespectful to the magical girl genre, because basically it's kind of like neener, 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 we're gonna ruin everything you... It's basically coming into my house, where I live, and taking my toys and flushing them down the toilet, because you think that you, they're stupid toys, And And look at how
0: revolutionary this is. I've changed the genre. Look at this (laughs) dissertation. You have changed the genre
1: of toy that my Barbie is because now it's a wet piece of garbage instead of a toy. You're Uh, welcome. I'm so edgy.
2: And normally I'm like, here, please, please play with my toys. Like, I love having new Magical Girl contents. like... Oh, wonderful. You want to play with my toys? Here you go. And then they hand me back like this doll that they like crushed over their knee. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> It's like
1: Sidney like, Toy Story got his hands on exactly. Sailor Moon. Um, Stop touching my things. Yeah.
0: So I want to talk about- Toy Story in my Madoka? It's more likely than
1: you think. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. So I want to talk about uh, the... the reason that the entire show for me is soured comes from the intent of the author and the driving force behind the storytelling, which we've just started touching on, and now I'm going to put into an easily digestible soundbite. The central theme of the show, basically, you become a magical girl by making a wish, telling it to Kyubey, who makes the wish come true, and then in exchange, you work for Kyubey, basically. It's kind of like an indentured servitude sort of thing, except you're here for forever, and Kyubey is your dad now. Um, so that's a great way to describe that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm good at podcasting. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the central theme of the show is these girls, they make these wishes, and it's almost like a very intense game of literal genie in some ways. It's like, oh, well, you're going to get exactly what you wished for, and the intent that you had when you made the wish is going to inherently corrupt that wish. And what it ends up saying is women who want things. Anything. Some of the wishes are, are
2: evil witches that must be destroyed! Exactly.
1: Like it's some of the wishes are as like selfless as I would like my dad to have a job again, basically. That's a very a yeah. gross oversimplification. But then it's like, oh, but really you only wanted that so that you could eat, you selfish pig, and then it
0: punishes <laughs> the character for that. I'm like,
1: well, yeah, that's part of it.
0: How like, dare you not want to starve?
1: Uh, you fuck, you selfish little bitch, I'm going to kill you on screen for the entertainment of middle-aged men. And that is another point I want to make. Monica is not... Was not made for women. It is not a show aimed at girls and women. It is a show specifically written for middle-aged men, uh, and that is kind of hard for a Western, some Western viewers to wrap their head around. So I'm going to try to give some brief context. Uh, and yeah, like a lot, Katie's uh, mentioned, like a lot of young girls really do love it, but it wasn't uh, yeah for I us. I
2: I. I like i've said many times i teach high school at Mm. a a school that's 96 percent female in japan i in japan and i talk to i am part of our manga club and i sit and hang out with my girls in manga club all the time and we talk about anime and stuff and i have met the real life version of marika kaname and she's one of my manga club girls and she's also the one who I originally wanted to do this episode because of, because she was so into Monica, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. Maybe I can see what you see in it. And then I was like, I do see what you see in it. And it's also terrible Mm. because she is, the student of mine is very shy. She doesn't think very highly of herself. She, you know, what's so special about me kind of feeling and that's exactly who Madoka is in the the original series, and the original timelines, or most of the timelines, and um, who Homura starts as. Mm. And I can understand from the perspective of my 16-year-old student, 17-year-old student now, um, why this series is so compelling because it's like look at what we can do we really are worth something and you know the the true selflessness of these characters is what will save them and then Urobochi I realized I've been pronouncing his name wrong sorry internet Urobochi has been the whole time, like, yes, you've wandered right into my trap. Let me show you why you are wrong, children. He's
1: specifically, like, catering to this desire of young girls to have power and be able to change the world in a positive way just to laugh at them for thinking that it's possible to change the world. It's very cruel, and it is, as I said, it is a show for middle-aged men. And this is a thing in Japan. It's moe culture, which I think probably a lot of our viewers are familiar with, or listeners, but for those who don't, uh, it's The hyper-cutesy animes like Think Lucky Star and Kaon, and things about teenaged girls, which teenage girls often enjoy, but they are created and curated for middle-aged men. Um, Middle-aged men also are the target demographic of teen idol groups like Morning Musume and AKB48, and most of their fans are middle-aged men. This is a cultural phenomenon. If you do some research into it, you can find backing for it. And so basically... Call me if you
2: have questions. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, So the essential thing is it's just it's creating this narrative that young girls will be drawn to saying, hey, there's hope and things and you can grow as a person and whatever. And then you get there and you're being laughed at by a country of middle aged, not a country, but like a legion of gross middle aged men who literally get off on young girls suffering. Um, Like that's literally I'm not using get off hyperbolically there. Um, no. And
2: it's. God, I wish you were.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of just setting up girls to be punished or shamed for wanting anything and hoping and all of that. And that is the central thesis of the show, which becomes very clear in Rebellion. With the original 12 episode run, you can almost ignore that thesis because. You can't, the, but you can almost. You do can it. almost do it because of the way the series ends. Hope wins. Madoka saves everybody. She sacrifices herself to do it, making her act actions entirely selfless as far as the narrative
2: is concerned. But she does it. She wins. And hope wins. It's okay. We, and Especially a Western audience finds that particularly compelling because she just becomes Space Magical Girl Jesus. Yeah. And it's great. And, like,
1: I love Madoka Kaname's, like, whole arc. I love her. And... So I want to get I'm going to have to start talking about Rebellion to understand or to uh, to explain properly why why Rebellion was so emotionally devastating for me
0: personally. Before you do. I just yes. want to say that the ending of the series wasn't was a victory, but it wasn't a good victory. It wasn't a a feel-good winning. And I still think that's very sad. It is. The best outcome you can have, the best victory you get, is so bittersweet and painful. And that still strikes me as very sad for young girls to get into and invest to Mm -hmm. and relate with.
1: That is a good point. That is true. Because I think I lose that person. I kind of lost that aspect of it because I personally identify with Monica so much. So I was like, oh, well, you know, that's what you do in that situation. And that's fine because I identify with, her, But yes, anyway, yeah, that's a very good point. And I want to keep going into the, lean into that. So Rebellion. So the show ends with this hopeful if bittersweet ending. It is still pretty sad. Like, you know, no dry eyes in the house kind of thing. But mm. y- you can read it as a hopeful ending if you squint. Um,
2: you can almost get a hopeful ending out of it. If nothing else, it returns the cast back to a status quo where they will at least be somewhat safe.
1: Yeah. It returns them to a status quo where they're somewhat safe and where the world is objectively better than it was at the beginning. So the series ends. And then we have the movies. So they did the first two, which were just recaps. And then we have Rebellion Story. Rebellion Story starts out... Uh, almost like a recap of the series but like if it were a regular magical girl show and yeah. then throughout rebellion story it is revealed that they are actually in a witch's labyrinth and the witch is homuda's as i recall and yeah. she has basically kube is experimenting on her trying to bring witches back because what madoka madoka's sacrifice gets rid of witches forever and lets all magical girls go to heaven basically uh yeah. and kube finds out about this original universe and is like hey Homura over here seems to remember that universe, so maybe I can turn her into a witch. And then they get stuck in a labyrinth, which is basically the world Homura wishes were the real one. Where everyone's just regular magical girls, and they're happy, and she can hang out with Madoka, and it's great. The Um, one thing
0: I will include is for people who aren't familiar with the series. When the series ended, the 12 episodes, no one remembered Madoka except for Akemi. She was yes. the only one that had any memory of her. Even yeah. Madoka's own little brother had no memory of yeah. her.
1: So only Akami Homura remembers Madoka at the end of the show. I did forget the amnesia portion. Of, which yeah. is what and... enabled
0: Homura to become a witch and remember yes. her and create a the labyrinth in which Madoka was pulled and existed in because she was the only one that remembered her to pull from her.
2: Exactly. If that makes and, sense. As a quick aside... The other thing that enables all of this uh, we didn't mention, just in case you weren't familiar, Homura's power is time travel.
1: Yes. Homoda gets stuck in a time loop trying to save Madoka from becoming a magical girl in the original series. Yes. That's and that's the driving force of that plot. Exactly. Um, so basically, she creates a little pocket dimension where she can be happy with her friends. And it's actually Kyubei trying to screw everything up. And they find this out, and they fight back against it, and ultimately... Madoka is able to regain her memories and be like, hey, Homura, it's okay. Come with me to my heaven dimension and it's going to be great. And We'll be
0: together forever. We'll
1: be together forever and hope we'll win again. And I found out today in my research that is where the original script of Rebellion ends.
2: <gasps>
0: yeah,
1: really? That is where Rebellion was... That is where Gen Urobochi ended Rebellion. And then a producer got involved, or the director. Oh my god, You're so, so I don't have to
2: be mad at Udo Butcher anymo-
1: anymore? I would say still be mad at him for wanting to punish young girls for wanting things, but not as mad as you were before.
0: Like, uh, even my god. just for the, like, overabundant amount of thigh shots in yeah. the series. Like, like there's so I'm many not thigh shots. done being angry with Rebellion's a no, good
1: part. We're not
0: done- But.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the ending of- so the ending- the- series or the movie's director or producer somebody involved in the production said hey i think this ending is too you know happy whatever here's a twist so that happens and what if instead of accepting it and going to the heaven dimension with modica concluding her character arc in a satisfying way and making everything make sense and stay with the world building what if instead we didn't do that and Homura fights back against Madoka's wishes and forces her to live in her pocket held heaven dimension forever,
2: basically. And also, she becomes Lucifer,
1: and she becomes the devil, and like wears a skimpy devil outfit and is a fourteen year old girl.
0: Um, Princess so- Tutu did, did that outfit better.
1: It's true. She yes, literally Kelly?
0: tells you, "You can consider me a demon." Yeah. Like, this is no, not she does. just and us she... making up fun nicknames no. to make you understand. She literally says, well, you would call me a demon. That's the yeah. closest thing to And your... all
1: of the promotional art of her in that outfit are her and Madoka in her final form outfit, which is also pretty skimpy. Like, pressing their boobs up against each other. And it's very fetishy, yeah. especially when you consider the
2: target audience is middle-aged men
1: who want yeah. to fuck 14-year-olds. Um. Oh, and
2: apparently the, the the read of one of Homoda's final lines to Madoka, mm-hmm. they they did two takes, and the first one was supposed to be this sexy, breathy, like, oh, no. uh, kind of reading, yeah. and then the voice actress was, I think it was the voice actress who was like, this isn't quite right for Homoda, and so they did it they did it, yeah. and the other one for the movie. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of weird, like, sexual content without any actual queer representation in this show. Um, it's bad. And anyway, so they have Homura instead of respecting Madoka's wishes and give it, letting Madoka have any agency and letting Hope have any agency in this world. She rewrites the world for her own gain and becomes like a a hell demon and is like and basically imprisons Madoka. And And the rest of the cast. And the rest of the cast.
0: I would even argue That if it ended where it was supposed to with Hamura getting to be with Madoka forever, that would be the series' first actual happy ending. Because it's still sad, but at least a character is getting closure that she wanted. After going through all of those time loops, going through all of the deaths of her friends again and again and again, to finally find peace would have been an actual good ending. And then it took a nosedive into shit.
1: Yeah, because all of us watching it, you guys both told me you had the same experience I did. You're you're there for that. That is the ultimate logical conclusion of Homoda's character arc. You're like, yes, this is narratively satisfying. And then the movie has 15 more minutes, and you're wondering yeah. what could possibly be in them. And it goes off the rails, and Homoda becomes a demon, literally, and you know just kills Cubey a bunch, which is fine by me
2: um because, like again same- i see him as the author avatar um, not the first her.
0: time either you know he's no, died just, quite yeah. many times he's fine
2: um but the thing the thing also that try is so infuriating is that if that had been the ending i could take the struggles that they had to get there exactly it's they're because still hope- fetishy there's mm-hmm. still a little too much but like i said earlier i kind of am here for that, too. I, I just wish they were, like, maybe three years older. Yeah, um, that would be
1: good. Like, if, it, if the Moe thing weren't an issue. But, like, there's a lot in the se- That ending with them going to heaven together makes... Hope wins at the end of that story. Yeah. That version. And if you just stop it there, yes, there are still problematic themes in Madoka. But it is a redeemable whole. It is a, ultimately not a bad thing, the show. Um, and I would argue that it existing is ultimately a bad thing. Um, that's a whole philosophical discussion we won't get into today. But, uh, yeah. Rebellion. So the ending of Rebellion, where, you know, Homura betrays her entire character arc, really, which has all been about protecting yeah, exactly. Madoka, uh, then becomes... It's completely invalidated. It invalidates the entire hope, all of it. It just...
0: even if you ignore how it's offensive and how it's disrespectful to just everything it has going on it feels irritating in just the way that it drops homer's entire character and changes who she is like even if you pretend it's not upsetting it just doesn't make sense and it's just kind of weird
2: yeah, it's, it's really irritating because a lot of people hold this series up. It's like, wow, the pinnacle of writing. And I'm like, it's actually really contrived a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, a lot of the time it is. And just, yeah, just that ending in Rebellion just, I, I know a lot of people were angry about it. There's like a million think pieces about it. But for me personally, it takes a show that was almost salvageable, that was salvageable, redeemable, that was could still be considered good and could even be read positively for, like, you know, women's self-esteem or whatever you want to try to say about it, but, like,
0: it takes... The movie would have largely put it in that direction. It would have taken a large step into that.
1: Yeah, and it takes that hope that I had that I could, you know, read... get strength out of watching Madoka. It takes that hope that I had that the magical girl genre is about hope, and it laughs in my face personally. Like, it's not in... It wasn't enough that the show was about torturing 14-year-old girls for the amusement of middle-aged men. It had to come for me too. And like for magical. I say me in like a magical girl fans everywhere kind of way. Um, I'm using the royal me as, you know. (laughs) The royal me. You know, Um, that infamous royal me. Yeah. So that is my main problem is Rebellion makes it so you literally cannot read this work as anything other than a slap in the face to people who, you know, are hopeful about anything. And it sucks and i hate it and also there's a lot of queer baiting in madoka and i wish there weren't that's another thing i hate well hello my friends thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of it could have been great and for sticking with us through the relative chaos of hurricane florence which is over now and that's great for us uh, I wanted to take a second to give a shout out to our awesome patrons. We have three now and I'm super duper excited about that and it's great. Uh, you can find us on patreon at it could have been great. You can also, if you have a chance to share us with your friends or review us on iTunes, that would be awesome. We're still trying to reach 100 listeners per episode. And you can also tweet at us or about us with the at could have been great uh, username. It's not the hashtag. I don't know what things are called. I'm not a cool hip millennial anymore. I guess I still am a millennial. Anyway, uh, we love you all and you're the best. And with that, I hand you off to past me with the It Can't Be Good challenge. So, yeah, let's talk about the five-minute pitch. And I did actually handpick this topic for you, too, because I thought you guys, I'm pretty sure it's a genre Kelly likes. I don't know. It's something Is it that about seemed... choo-choo? Because you're no. going to get some heated <laughs> opinions. Some heated discourse. No, um, my five-minute pitch and for the It Can't Be Good challenge, I would like you guys to pitch me... A found footage horror film made after Blair Witch that works.
0: Is, is now a bad time to say I've never seen Blair Witch? No, I haven't either. But... I've never
2: seen Blair Witch either, but cool. I, I'm a
0: film all, student. Like we're all vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah, but like, but this they've... isn't what you said. But now I'm almost thinking of Blair Witch as like some sort of Ring-esque video. It's like, oh, I've heard rumors of that movie.
2: I mean you're not wrong that's how it was in the 90s when it came out
0: yeah and I feel like the exorcist was the movie before that that like I mean more people had seen it but like that was the movie everyone knew about I'm derailing I don't know what was the question yes anyway
2: so I would like so (laughs) I'm over here running through I'm running through film history in my head like so Katie
1: actually Katie and I have briefly discussed I think before that found footage films don't work very well particularly Blair Witch worked really well because it was the first one. And then the ones after that have been middling or some of them are very good. I think Cloverfield is generally regarded as a good movie.
0: Also Um, never saw that. Going to be honest, not a genre that It sounds like it would be interesting, but it's never gripped me because they don't typically hold up from what I've heard. So I've really never seen any. Yeah. But I'm just going to go, go full in.
2: And, and, and Blair Witch is certainly not the, uh, I, I have this feeling that if, if my film friends listen to this, they'll get mad at me for not bringing this up. Blair Witch isn't technically like the first found footage. No, anything, but it's but the one that kind of made, it spawned a bunch it's of It's the knock-offs. one that codified it in, in pop culture yeah. as and, and general consciousness. If you yeah.
0: ask one of us that isn't Katie, that one comes to mind. <laughs> and I'm i say that with love, like this you, guys. <laughs> but you know it's sorry. true
2: it's true
1: and kelly the reason i actually brought you in on this is because i know that from you know just from being friends with you and talking to you about stuff the this that kind of genre of horror is kind of up your alley um true that kind of like oh the blurring the lines between reality and fiction type of horror. i do love that yeah, yeah so i dopeies. figured
2: let me, let me give Kelly, let me give you a couple of little background nuggets on, on Blair Witch. Because while I haven't seen it, because it's just a little too...
0: It's about a witch named Blair, right? Yep. No. I'm willing to know nothing.
2: The thing that I liked so much about the original is that the viral marketing was vital to selling the concept to the public. Yes. And blurring the lines between reality and fiction. So
1: That's let's, start, let's start there with our ad campaign. Like with this, this movie. Is,
0: this is made by a middle-aged white guy who hates millennials. I can feel it. <laughs> Kids and their phones these days. There's this app and it kills children because technology <laughs> is yes. the worst.
1: Oh my god. So, so what you're saying is the first thing we do is release the killing app.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: my god, it's the killer app! Oh man
0: yeah (laughs) take take
2: it away take it away my 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 ducklings it's the killer app that that it's uh, you know the the way they say oh you have to have this on your phone it makes the whole thing work better snapchat
0: forget snapchat i'm on name of this new killer app it's the hottest thing i don't even use tumblr anymore
2: I was just thinking, like, man, wouldn't it be cool if it was like a social, a uh, social media network kind of thing? And I was like, wait, this movie's already been made.
0: <laughs> it, I'm sure it has by a middle aged angry white man, but still.
2: <laughs> yes, but how do we how do we trap a bunch of <laughs> Katie, young attractive on. actors in the woods with our social media app?
0: <laughs> we and scared the, the ever loving
2: crap out of them. Katie, You're but talking?
0: what? Katie, but what if we reblogged the curse? We <laughs> <laughs>
2: have to keep we have- Keep retweeting, hey man! Like, comment, and subscribe a if subs you want to get
0: this cursed. Curse is going to go viral.
2: Actually, it works. It, it totally fits into. It totally fits into the the millennial sense of humor of I want to fucking die. It's like, uh, yeah, man, retweet, uh, and you will.
1: Oh man, I've got the like a vision of the entire movie. It's not just found footage. It's vines. It's
2: specifically.
1: <laughs> yes. It is a entire movie of vines.
0: And it's kind of creepy because like vines. Are a dead medium now, yeah. so it's like, so oh, like, vine, too. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a zombie thing, <laughs> but apps zombie mm-hmm. app thing. I don't know. Keep going.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is y'all's pitch, this is your space to play. Uh, so it
0: that's, is, but I feel my like that's a mistake now that I said zombie app. <laughs> dead okay. on the vine. De-
2: <laughs> oh my god, guys, do it for the vine.
0: That's the tagline.
1: <laughs> well, you know, usually I let these things go longer, but I feel like we've got it. We got it! We might
0: have peaked. Do
1: it so, for the vine. Do it for the coming this
0: summer. Do no, no, no. Coming out in Halloween. Come on, Oh, spooky. coming
1: this Halloween. Dead on the vine. Do it for the vine.
2: I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Coming this summer. Hey man, it's what up? Like, comment, and subscribe! Do it for the Vine! (laughs) Oh god, that's so
1: much better. What if you have, like, the the ARG viral marketing campaign is, like, the, uh, the little tags at the end of everyone's YouTube videos that nobody stays to watch and click on the things Oh yeah! Like, it's, like, like, comment, and subscribe, and then, like, backwards audio that says do it for the Vine, and you have to Make sure you click
0: the bell so you don't miss a single update.
1: Yeah, and then if you click the bell, it's a ghost. Ooh, <laughs> like the bell turns into a ghost.
0: <laughs> and then you're haunted.
1: Uh, let's get back into things we don't like about Modica, and we have just begun to scratch the surface. Well,
0: unfortunately, act. not enough fines are now on my list, so thanks. <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, Katie, tell me things you hate.
2: <laughs> Why are you so filled with rage? Just
0: anything well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I... So, I was talking when I was first watching the movies a couple of months ago,
0: before the hurricane,
2: when we intended to make this episode. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, uh, I was talking to another guy here in Japan who's another American, and we were talking, he was like, oh, my favorite series is Monica," and I was like, well, I'm actually. so sorry my condolences. <laughs> I'm watching it because I'm mad at it right now. And we started talking about it, and he, I said, uh, so who's your favorite character? And I think he said Homura. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mine's Sayaka, and he looks at me, and I was like, what? He goes, that's... Why we don't agree on the series. And I was like, <laughs> is it? He's, yes. Because yeah, I,
1: don't understand I the fandom hate, hate Sayaka. <laughs> I love Sayaka. I, I don't her.
2: understand why anyone would dislike her. Because I mean, according to him, everyone. she's selfish and easily yes. corruptible and a no, bitch she a and crush. I don't like her.
1: <laughs> she's 14. She's not old enough to be a bitch yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like... It's just, uh, and and so, but that was an interesting thought, because I realized that, you know who I think also hates Sayaka? I think Urobochi hates Sayaka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the things he said in an, an early interview about the series was um, something along the lines of, yeah, the narrative is here to punish these girls for their hubris. He specifically says that Sayaka's hubris is the cause of her downfall. Oh no, her hubris for liking a guy that maybe somebody else likes, and then being sad that she has to compete for his affection. And I just... It's not a good look, my dude! Yeah, and it's not even
1: the fact that he doesn't like her back that causes her to spiral. It's the fact that everyone keeps telling her that that was the reason that she did it. Like, it was the guilt trips from, like, Kyubei and Sa- and Sakura, not the actual him not liking her back. Yeah, that made her sad, but the thing that breaks Sayaka, as I recall, is the way that Sakura and Kyuubei treat her for it.
2: Yeah. It's like, oh, and that's bullshit. your wish? Really? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. This is part of the problem of framing the characters like this and aiming it at a male audience because it villainizes the idea of a young girl being a young girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It perpetuates and encourages this unhealthy mindset that there's something wrong or flawed or bad about a young girl having feelings and going mm-hmm. through the natural stages of growing yeah. and, and dealing yeah. with her emotions and, the and trying already... to find healthy ways to cope. Yeah. And the world
1: already punishes women for not being selfless enough every goddamn day all the time. And I'm sick of it, honestly. Yeah. I'm just, I'm done. I'm over that whole narrative of women have to always put the other one first. And this is why girls like, like, oh, I can fix him. That's why that is such a common reason that women end up in bad, abusive relationships. And it perpetuates bad ideas and I don't like it and I'm mad about it. Yeah. That was my very articulate, angry thought.
0: Beautiful voice clip that. Thank you. <laughs> My- i want it as a soundbite. <laughs>
2: you'll have it text message tone
0: yes on my desk by monday
2: um that like like we've said a billion times already but this series isn't made for like the series audience is broken it's not it's not the right audience you yeah. you done fucked up on your marketing y'all <laughs> you goofed don't because don't make magical girl shows for
1: 40 year old men. It's not the, what you're supposed to. It's not that they can't enjoy it, but it's
2: this genre, girls have so little in the world right. This is ours. But the thing it's the other like, thing that I was thinking was like these complaints that people have about characters don't work if you haven't been a 14 year old girl. Yes. Of course you're going to hate Sayaka if you haven't been a fourteen year old girl and yeah. maybe you're not that amazing with the empathy thing.
0: It's reaffirming the mindset that some men might have, telling them their right to view girls and by extension women in this way.
2: Yeah, it's
1: like oh that just is diff-
0: telling them, Yeah, you're correct, they are well, horrible for those, this those selfish fourteen year old bitches. It's validating a very toxic and harmful mindset. How
2: dare you desire love? What's wrong with love. you, you monster? You want food? <laughs> you monster? Kyoko! <laughs> That's like the worst
0: part. It's like... Every was... day with you, Kyoko, it's food, food, food. food. Yeah, really. And the fact that they turn into literal witches is just the least subtle thing. I'm still not over it. it. I've been thinking in the back of my head this whole time. It's women. Women.
1: You go through puberty and you go from being a docile and caring young girl who I want to have sex with because I'm a gross pedophile old man, and uh, then you turn into a woman with thoughts and desires and opinions. And it that sounds
0: pretty selfish. That's gross. Me, a middle aged
1: man. Yeah, ugh, gross. And I know I might sound like I'm coming down really hard on the pedophile thing, but I am not exaggerating the fact that this is a very big problem in Japan of middle-aged men who want to date 14-year-old girls and 13-year-olds, and there's a whole... there's a problem there, and it's... There's a a market for
0: it. It's not just that there's a small subculture or this uncomfortable underbelly. There is a market.
1: Yeah, like, going into Akihabara makes my skin crawl, because the whole thing is about commodifying teenage girls for consumption by (laughs) middle-aged men. There's a whole subset of... There's a job that you can get as a teenage girl where you get paid to go on dates with middle-aged men. It's called compensated dating, or enjokosai, and it often leads to human trafficking, and that's bad. And I'm angry about it, Gan Urobochi. And you're perpetuating the way that men in Japan treat teenage girls, and I dislike it. Yes. Hi. I'm really angry. It's fair. These things have consequences. You can't be this irresponsible with your art.
2: A lot of many creators like to pretend that these narratives exist in a vacuum. And they don't. They don't. Like, your act-
1: actions have consequences. That's, like, the whole thing in Madoka, right? It's like, yeah, really. Want doing and wanting things. There's-, there's consequences to that. And, like, making a piece like this that uses young girls a very, like- one of the most vulnerable populations is young, is teenage girls. And, like, society shits on teenage girls at every opportunity. And I am angry about it. And I'm going to be angry about it forever, apparently. And, yeah. Katie, you have a cool point that you've typed in the chat about about good girls and wicked witches and how good girls turn into wicked witches. And- so, in college I studied
2: Disney. <laughs> I went to school to learn about music. And one of my favorite things to read about was uh, feminist theory as applied to uh, Disney. And uh, there is a book, I believe it's Bell Hooks, um, called Good Girls and Wicked Witches, I believe. And the basic theory I just realized applies so perfect. It's so perfect for Madoka. and it's it is a very unfortunately a very Western reading of of the feminist theory is applied to it, so it might not work perfectly
1: yeah, for Monica. Because Japanese feminism is a little it's different <clears throat> than Western feminism, and that's a
2: fascinating conversation for another day, like, exactly, dear listeners. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Katie. But the the one thing that Good Girls and Wicked Witches that I really like that it talks about a lot is how do we view older women in media, and especially in Disney, how many older women are in Disney? Are they good? No. They are wicked stepmothers. They are, uh, like Ursula the Drag Queen, who's based on a real drag queen. Um, they are, uh, Mother Gothel, this controlling, um, ultimately a feminine figure, but just Um, powerful and selfish and where are the good and the pure moms? They are dead. Basically, the wicked witches that we get, they can be codified as anything that the masculine ideal of femininity, whatever threatens that. Uh, Especially homosexuality. Um... You know the we have the stereotypical like more butch powerful looking women and they're always evil or at the very least mm-hmm. you know uh not good not good they're they're not always the heroes they're rarely the heroes and that I was just thinking man that really leans into the queer baiting in Madoka because the one relationship in the, one of the relationships in the series that is ultimately it could have it could have been great it could have been this great loving l- woman loving women lesbian relationship between Madoka and Homura and it turns Homura evil all yep. of the things that Homura does she does for Madoka and Out of she love and out of love
1: and the love corrupts her because how dare she not exist for the consumption of an adult man
2: right it's it's really what it feels like and you know death of the author who knows i like in that specific respect and maybe that wasn't their intention of having it read that way but that's how it reads and it's ultimately just the biggest heartbreak of the series for me
1: yeah Especially, like, I feel like Madoka could have done something really cool with the idea of magical girls versus witches. Magical girls grow up into witches with, like, the girls girls initially thinking that's a bad thing. And then as they become witches, realizing, oh, we are, we have power and that's okay. And, like, owning that and not being evil about it. But no, love
0: just, you know... If you love another one, that's, you can't be a lesbian, like. It gives a bad taste to my mouth of the mindset that women, women love being impure. Because yeah. it's not even subtext. It's literally that Homura says that Qb and the incubators in general can't comprehend the emotion that she has. She names it as love. It's literally her love for another, it, another girl. right there on the tin. And that's what corrupts her, literally corrupts her to become a demon.
1: Yep. She fucks up the entire universe because she was gay or, you know,
2: loved another girl. Though there is an interesting thing, I think linguistically, I think if I remember correctly, the word that she uses in Japanese is koi, not ai. And there is a distinction. Mm, There is a distinction there. Yeah.
0: For someone like me who knows nothing, can you maybe explain briefly the
2: distinction? The distinction, as I understand it, and I might be a little bit, you know, Uh, A little bit wrong, but as I understand it, Koi, the concept of Koi is the uh, physical, I wouldn't call it lust either, but a more bodily driven love. Like it, whereas I is more altruistic and kind of like, I'm like, oh, that's the Sailor Moon love. (laughs) We love everything and all things. And so what I think maybe what they were trying to go for is that Homura's love is, and this is bad, that Homura's love is this, um, it is, it, it, it is this it almost, uh, the connotation is more lustful, I guess. Mm, Whereas. That's
1: no, that's worse.
2: I is, which Maruka would be, Maruka would be, I and Homura would be koi shiteru. Like I, the two different ways of saying I love you. Maybe, maybe an, a good English connotation would be Madoka says I love you, and Homura says I'm in love with you. I feel like it makes it worse because
1: the koi has a specific romantic connotation, and it is punishing her for that specific
0: f- feeling. Whereas Madoka's love seems to still be pure and non-romantic. Yeah. Perhaps you could argue. Yeah. It's because very girls... clearly making a point that's even yeah. worse than I thought it was before I yeah. knew the Yes, no, I, I, girls I was-
2: Girls are I... supposed
1: to feel lust unless it's for male consumption.
2: And, and lust is a strong word for what, what coy is, but yeah, it's like it's, the best a... English equivalent that I can pull up.
1: <laughs> yeah, but girls aren't supposed to feel romantic feelings unless they are for the consumption of man. What? Yeah. No. Anyway, there's a lot of just deep-seated problems with how this show treats women and gay women and- also, Sayaka and um, Sakura could be viewed as another woman loving woman couple where they get punished. The only for it. way they get punished for it, they die. They they die it, like in every timeline. They die. Yeah, because they're gay and they're like, oh well, we made these selfish, selfless wishes that were really selfish, and so we're going to be in a relationship that really could have been great, and then actually it's not because we're dead. Yeah. And so you're like, either going to bury your gays, or your gay is going to become Satan. Yeah. Yeah. That's your only options in the world of Genu Debochi. And it's specifically with the ending that they went with. Um, but even without that ending, that's still the driving thesis behind this show. And I hate it. I don't know. I hate it. it makes me mad.
0: You're trying so hard, but it's mm-hmm. just so bad.
1: It's just really bad. Um, and before we get into the pitch, uh, there is one last thing about just this show being needlessly cruel. Yeah. To people. Um, and Katie, I'll let you take it from there because you actually made me aware of this fact.
2: Yeah. So, so I I found this um, out during my research. The The voice actress for Cubey is, um, if I remember correctly, she's in a bunch of some other Maho Shoujo series. She's in some other magical girl yeah. anime. She Did is the new her? voice of Luna in Sailor Moon Crystal, for example. Yes. And she loves magical girl series. Like that is her bread and butter. She loves it to death. And she gets cast as Kyube. And she is not told about Kyube's true intentions and true nature. And when she found out during. Like, the, the way I read the story is like, it sounds like she finds out during recording or very close to recording. Mm-hmm. It made her cry. Because, like, she's now been. She is now in the role of a race,
1: of a person that is literally cultivating this thing she loves magical girls for consumption yes like it's such a that's and this is why i find kube while he's a compel- they are a compelling villain in execution they represent to me the entire problem and the problem is this whole consumption of girls that is literally what the incubators do is they are consuming girls and
2: that's what society does to girls and it everywhere would be and be almost a good metaphor if the series ends on a high note and we fix the problem. Mm hmm. If we stop them from being able to do that, it almost works. But if it's we can completely cure the problem and we don't get. So at the end of the series, Modocus Wish, um, we wipe out the witches, but we get wraiths instead. We have. The same mm. thing with a new name and the cycle begins anew
0: is the implication.
1: Yeah, but they, the girls don't turn into the race. The race, they never explain where they come from. They're just, like, random. They're
0: just, like, monsters that roam the earth now. Yeah, right. they're
1: just random monsters. I think the only vague world building they give is it's kind of a persona situation yeah. where, like, people's bad feelings just make these things appear um, in the real world and they fight those and it's a lot less energy, but it works. As right, a but system. they're still
2: being consumed.
1: Yes, Yeah, it's almost... Let's get into the pitch, because I feel like we can fix that problem there. Okay. I actually keep... So, obviously, there's the obvious things we don't cut. We cut the ending of Rebellion out entirely, because that's just garbage. Dunk it in the trash. Yeah, and we might dunk the whole thing in the trash, depending on how far we go from the thesis here, but... uh... Well, say, if we're trying to keep it as close as possible to the original, we dunk that in the trash. We dunk all of every thigh or panty shot in the show, every boob shot. Those are gone.
0: Yes, please. God, please. So it's like, what, six episodes now?
1: It's like 30 seconds, the whole show. Um, Damn. Yeah, it's a, it's a very tight, short film. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we dunk all of that in the trash. And I'm even okay with plot-wise, going through Mommy's decapitation basically exactly the same otherwise. Yeah.
2: I I mean, like, I hate it, but it it, it works narratively, and it is a good... It is, I think, one of the most effective raising of the stakes I've ever seen in a series.
0: Absolutely. Especially with how soon it came. Mm -hmm. It was a very thematic gut punch, and I think it worked well. And
1: so I think that stays the same, and you can even... I would say the next thing i change wouldn't be until the way they handle Sayaka.
2: Um, What would you change about that?
1: I'm not totally sure, but I feel like- So if you're gonna have Sayaka- If Sayaka must be corrupted somehow through whatever nonsense you have, if her wish is the same and she must be corrupted, I feel like the source of her despair can't be, oh, but you're selfish. I feel that it needs to be-
2: Here's an idea- what if the source of Sayaka's despair, Sayaka, who's obsessed with the idea of being a hero, she she is trying to do this for heroic, almost like altruistic—I guess—is the word—altruistic reasons. Whereas, for example, Kyoka, on the opposite end of the spectrum, is just trying to survive, and that's where that's where her needling of, of Sayaka comes in, and that's where her perspective comes from. Sayaka, one of the things that. T- tips Sayaka into despair in the series is she overhears a conversation on the train with these two men who are talking about, yeah, man, I got a hot piece of ass last night. Yeah, kind of like this horrible bragging about his conquests. And that is that is the final, final thing that tips Sayaka over. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking was, what if Sayaka, who's been trying to save people from these witches... Realizes that there are some people, or maybe thinks, I you know, it depends on your actual perspective. Some people aren't worth saving.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And actually, I just came up with a good way to nail that coffin shut as far as Sayaka's hope in humanity. If you must take it, this is the way to do it. So start the way that you're saying it and have her get, you know, quote unquote friend-zoned by her crush, whatever, that's a dumb term. But then have a guy with a crush on her try to pull a similar thing and be like, oh, well, I've had a crush on you forever. And then he, you know, acts out against her because she rejects him because she likes a different guy and doesn't like him and stuff. And maybe that's what tips her over the edge. It's the fact that people are gross. Yeah. And men are gross. And that should be what tips her is, oh, yes, I'm sad about this other thing. But also now, yeah, like you said, Katie, like, people aren't worth protecting. And maybe Kyoko has been trying to tell her this. Like, basically, hey, people suck. Don't worry about it. Just let them suck. Just go do do your thing. Yeah, Just be you be
2: you, they'll be them, and you won't be each other. Yeah. And then, like, I feel
1: like then the, the conclusion of their arc is Kyoko coming around ...to wanting to protect the part of Sayaka that is hopeful. And that is what happens in the show, is like, she wants to... She doesn't believe in the same thing Sayaka believed in, but she feels it is tragic when that dies.
2: Yes. And she recognizes that tragedy.
1: And she recognizes that, and she wants to pull her out of that. She doesn't want to be a hero, but she wants to... She doesn't want to be a hero herself, but she wants to be a hero for Sayaka.
0: Because she wants that, and she thinks that's worth protecting. For her mindset being that it's un, it, it's a slow progression of her going. This is so unfair. There's such a double standard, and people can be so awful that she becomes to question herself, going, "Why am I sacrificing myself mm-hmm. for them? For this?" Mm-hmm. Questioning her own ideals when she finally has the power to do so. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Like for absolutely, I like that, and like people being maybe ungrateful after being rescued. I that doesn't drive with the whole. They don't remember being, you know. Monsters thing, but you could. Yeah,
2: the thing that I like about this is it also gives me more investment in Sakura. Who, mm. uh, watching the movies, she does come a little bit out of nowhere because the pacing of her story isn't excellent. Um yeah. and having her have these conversations with Sayaka, like, you know, you, you know, you just got to watch out for you. It's it it's the it's it's the the school of the the new internet feminism of. The The one who says, you know, fight like a girl, put your your keys between your, your fingers and, and give them what for. And the other one who's like, oh, we should all, everything is good and we should all be together and equal and wonderful. And it, start, it starts to fall apart when the hope starts to die.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that makes so much more sense as a character arc than just being like, oh, it was her hubris. Like, no, it was the world that did that yeah. to her. And her disappointment in that, and yeah, and then I mean, you can end that arc with Kyoko pulling her out of it or not. You can end it either way. And maybe if they don't, when Homura does her, you know, nonsense, and Madoka saves the world at the end, maybe they come back and they're and they're good now.
2: Yeah, like if if you want, like I am all about Sayaka becoming a witch. I loved that. Yeah, I loved her falling into despair because I could relate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to remove
2: her becoming a witch. Yeah,
1: her like her becoming a witch because men are disgusting is fucking relatable content. Is yeah. honestly a mood. Yeah,
2: <laughs> the biggest mood. <laughs> um, and even having her stay in despair, having her ultimately die question mark be defeated mm-hmm. by Madoka and friends and whatever, and then Madoka saves the world, saves Sayaka, saves Homura. Save Sakura somehow. We don't really know thematically how that's working. <laughs> brings don't ma- worry about brings it. mommy fine. back. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Everyone's fine. Yeah. So like after Sayaka's arc resolves, you know, basically in the same way, but with far fewer blaming Sayaka for the things that happened to her because they weren't her fucking fault. Yeah. Um, you move into, I guess from there you go into the Homura arc, which honestly just leave that. The Homura yeah. arc is f- almost flawless. Yeah. It's so good. And especially the way that the pacing is where
2: they reveal it as she comes in the beginning of the series and she's this, I mean, really, for lack of a better word, this really bitchy transfer student. Yeah. And then we start to see why and we see how she Mm -hmm. used to be. And now we realize how many cycles she has to have gone through to become what she Mm -hmm. is. Like how old she
1: actually is at that point, because she's done this hundreds of times. She's lived through this week hundreds of times. And her arc is perfect. Leave it exactly the same.
0: I agree, because the movie could be so good so easily oh, that you I'm can so leave good. the series, at least Homeowner's part, alone, and the mm-hmm. movie itself finishes it nicely. Aside from yeah, the and then, 15 minutes, which we all know. Yeah,
1: and then you just do the movie the same, except you cut out the last bullshit 15 minutes. Yeah. And and that's it. And then you fixed Monica. It's done. There's. It's so easy when you're not trying to spit in my face actively.
2: Yeah. I'll I'll even if if I could just have that I'll take all of the little contrivances that make parts of yeah. the series move forward.
1: It's fine. You can have your contrive. Every show has some. It's yeah. not yeah. Yeah. I think we did it. I think that's about it. There's not much else to do. It's just it truly I could mean have I do also
0: kind of want to say don't frame Kyoko as is that her name? Yeah. Kyoko okay, as being like this horrible selfish bitch yeah. for not wanting to star? Yeah. Like either change how you yeah. frame her and how the fallout is, or give her another reason. Yeah, I think Sayaka got a different reason, so that's enough. So maybe just don't frame her as a horrible yeah. person. Maybe instead frame her as a reasonable human. Yeah, and ge- have some empathy in the show. Yeah, some empathy instead for of Saka hating be women.
1: Because yeah, like she, it's nothing. Nothing that happens like, to her it, is her Like fault I was either. saying,
2: with the the two the two different kind of internet feminism that we have going on, why? have we reached this point with with Kyoko? What pushes you to lean into the inherent violence acted against you as a woman and to push it back onto other people? And I think if you would explore that just a little bit more... Mm -hmm. Instead of just being, oh, she was hungry? You selfish bitch. Exactly.
1: Yeah, because you can still frame her when she comes in as a villain and she's trying to basically remove Sayaka from the magical girl game so she can survive, but also so Sayaka's not gonna find this crushing disappointment at the end that she found. Yeah. Um, you can still frame her that way and then you realize what happened to her, and it's like, oh, that's why she's like this. I'm not going to blame her for the things that happened to her because she was a starving kid and bad things happened to her and that's not her fault.
0: Yeah. The series definitely struggled with allowing their characters to be complex.
1: Yeah. It's just it because it was so busy jacking off to the idea of t- calling fourteen-year-old girls selfish. Yeah. It it step it falls on its sword in that way because it's like oh I could make a compelling argument but you know what I could also do make fourteen-year-old girls really stick it to fourteen-year-old girls because you know who it deserves good. it. Yeah, they've had it too good for them. too long. Yeah, just shit on fourteen-year-olds. So yeah, like really after just stop being mean to them. You can still be narratively like, yeah, they suffer and bad things happen without slapping people in the face for having feelings and also being hungry
2: ever. How dare you?
1: Madoka stupid. So yeah, I think we've, uh, I think that does it. Anything else you guys want to add? It truly could have been great. It really could have been. It's not so, it's not even hard. You just have to not, you have to have some respect for women. That's all. That's the only difference. And that's why it's so heartbreaking is because it was almost really good, but for the one thing. Just and drink it's like your nobody... Respect Women juice. Yeah, just nobody drank their Respect woman juice. And so now the show is bad. Ugh. The end. The end. Thanks for coming to a very angry episode of It Could Have Been Great. I love all of you and you're my best friends.
2: I'm gonna go cry now. <laughs>